not going to fight anymore. I'm also just a girl. I hate to float. Standing in front of a boy. Such a great audience. Come on, y'all talkers up in here. It's time to keep it down right now. Avengers! I am not the one to Ready to party! Hello! Welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Lacey. Here with Mella, Josh, and Rashawn. Hey, everybody. What's hey. up, girl? How are we today? We're pretty great. We're pretty good, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I'm feeling some genuine joy for the first time in a while, so I'm glad we're all on the same page. Yeah. Uh, for now. For now, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy while it lasts. <laughs> you guys been watching anything this week? Aside from news 24-7, like me and Josh. I took a break and I watched uh, Vampires vs. the Bronx. Ooh, what's this? It's a Netflix film about Vampires vs. the Bronx. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. What else are we watching? I don't know if you can tell from that title. It's a really fun movie. It's about these three kids who figure out that a lot of the shops that they grew up around in the Bronx are being... Um, gentrified and bought up and they discover that the whole company that's doing all this is a group of vampires and so it's got a mix of like uh stand by me and the goonies plus vampire in brooklyn because i know everybody's seen that movie Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and it's this really cool mix it was just a really charming funny movie that netflix put out i think last month for Halloween and I finally got the chance to see it and it's it's really fun. There have there've been a lot of trailers that have come out in the past few weeks that we've been talked about that I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. One is Raya and the Last Dragon. That looks fucking dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks really good. News of the World. Do you guys see the trailer for that? The new Tom Hanks joint. Mm-hmm. It's Tom Hanks in the Wild West, all right? Yeah, we're in. <laughs> Do you need anything else? <laughs> it could be Tom Hanks in wherever, space. I'm down. We've had that, (laughs) and we loved it. And we loved it. (laughs) I mean, Tom Hanks in space, Tom Tom Hanks Hanks. in the sky, Tom Hanks on the ocean. As a cartoon. Tom Hanks as a cartoon. Has he missed? No. No. He don't miss. We don't discuss Charlie Wilson's war. I've never even heard of (laughs) it. No, no, we do not. (laughs) That's Aaron Sorkin. That's her boy. Who's that? And of course, (laughs) the trailer for... Ma Rainey's Black Bottom came Ooh, out. Oh, I, I can't wait. When's the release date? Is it December. this year? December? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, I've been watching the news and trailers, if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> I did finish Rashawn defending Jacob. As did I. What did you think? <laughs> so what are we finding? <laughs> oh, no, I'm Ooh. curious because I had mixed feelings about it. Oh, okay, it, it, I was with it. Like I said, I I think I said last time I didn't love it, but I was with it. And then the last episode pretty much lost me. Yeah, right? Okay, mm-hmm. I agree. I, to, I It ended and I turned to Josh and I was like, I really dislike endings like this. I really, like, this upsets me. And I believe the whole show was based off of a book. It was. The, the book ending is slightly different. 
don't spoil it for people yeah. that haven't. But it's pretty much the same. But I enjoyed it enough that I was like, okay, Apple, what else? What else do you have? And I started watching Truth Be Told. Um, <laughs> so did I. Oh my god! <laughs> Are you guys yeah, the I same did. damn person? <laughs> and I watched two episodes, and I'm I am. Uh. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't continue to the second. So yeah. Okay, it feels like everyone in the show is on a different show. Like, there's no yeah. consistency in performance or tone. I'm just, like, I think the story is really compelling. And as someone who really enjoys true crime podcasts. Mm-hmm. I thought I was, about you when I started. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's just, there's something that just isn't. Oh, that's Working. the Octavia one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that cast is amazing. The cast yeah. and concepts sound great. I didn't even know. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's there, so I probably will finish it. I don't think it's a long series, but I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's not clicking for me. I and I feel the same way. Look at us agreeing right Look off. Let's the enjoy bat. this moment. Look Let's at enjoy us. This. I really want to know what we're fighting about today. <laughs> Lacey, Mella. I finally, years later, mm-hmm. watched The Princess Bride. This is a special book. It was the book my father used to read to me when I was sick, and I used to read it to your father. And today, I'm going to read it to you. I'll try and stay awake. Wesley had no money for marriage, so he packed his few belongings and left the farm to seek his fortune across the sea. The war of the land gave Humperdinck the right to choose his bride. The fabric will make the prince suspect the Gildarians have abducted his love. I never say anything about killing anyone. I just happened to look behind us and something is there. He's obviously seen us with the princess and let's therefore die. Pick up one of those rocks, get behind the boulder. The minute his head is in view, hit it with the rock! I was not a sportsman now. I'm so excited to talk about this movie today. The Princess Bride is a 1987 fairy tale book to movie adaptation written by William Goldman, who who also wrote the book. Directed by Rob Reiner with an all-star cast of Robin Wright, Carrie Elwes, Mandy Patinkin, Andre the Giant, Wallace Shawn, and so many more. The movie opens with a grandfather, Peter Falk, reading to his sick grandson, played by Fred Savage, little baby Fred Savage. So cute. Um, (laughs) um, He's reading the story of Buttercup, Wesley, and True Love. You guys, this movie has everything. Sword fights, shrieking eels, revenge, miracles, magic, rodents of unusual size. I will, I just, I love this movie so much. So New much. York's hottest club. I was just going to say, <laughs> yes, what's, yes, what's a rodent you. of unusual size? R-O-U-S. It's that thing of when <laughs> No, stop. Puts stop. On a- stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's that thing when you break up with your boyfriend, but he never leaves the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up, dude. It's the best improv I've ever heard. <laughs> Call the episode. <laughs> This, I, I'm really excited that we all watched this movie. The world has felt kind of dark the last few <laughs> years. But this week especially was a tough one for me emotionally. And so 
going and watching The Princess Bride is literally like wrapping up in a warm blanket for me. I love this movie. I needed a fairy tale, happy time, funny experience. And I get that from this movie without fail every time. Carmelo. Yes. Did I understand correctly? This is, was this your first time? First time ever. That's, Ooh. That would, because going into this, that was my biggest question is how does this movie hold up for first time viewers now? So this is going to be good. I'm so scared looking at your face, Mella. Well, Lacey, I love you so much. So I'm going to leave it with this. So yeah, I, it was my first time watching it. I don't know what I quite expected, but <laughs> it wasn't quite that. The hype around this movie, it's insane. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Because just re- just a couple months ago, ton of celebrities got together and did like a mishmash version, like reenactment. Reenactment. Everyone did like a, a half a scene and they all they all spliced it together. Like A lister after A lister did this and the hype around this movie nowadays is nuts. Mandy Batinkin himself talked about being a part of this movie and said he was honored to be a part of like his generation's Wizard of Oz. Like that's the kind of caliber that people hold this movie to. Jesus. Yeah. I can see that. I, I get I get that. I, I've said this before about movies. I I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts every time I, I hear it. I know. <laughs> But I really like after I watched it and I think like even when I was watching it, I was like, I would have ate this up as a kid, yeah. especially because watching it, it reminded me a lot of um, Never Ending Story and Labyrinth. Like it's all that kind of like fantasy and like you're in another world and you have like rats of unusual size and it's totally fine. But it's not <laughs> even like me watching as an adult that I couldn't get into it. I just... I feel like maybe I'm a little too cynical now and I just couldn't, it didn't feel, I wish I had that feeling of like, it was a warm blanket and I was waiting for that like the whole time where I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to fall in love with it right here. I'm going to, and I, it never came to me. And I think I left it a little bit more bummed than I wanted to. okay i know (laughs) i get, so when you, that Mandy Patinkin quote, I understand because I did grow up watching Princess Bride. The movie's got Jeff written all over it, my dad. But The Wizard of Oz is something I didn't watch growing up. I didn't see it until I was probably late teens, and I didn't get it. I was like, what's the big deal? <laughs> there are certain movies that sort of capture a period of time. Mm-hmm. And unless you're from that period of time or it was part of your growing up, it it may be harder to attach to that. Yeah, I totally get that. Because I love Wizard of Oz like a lot but i totally get if somebody watched it now and they're like the fuck is this shit i would be like yeah i know i wouldn't this seems insensitive (laughs) yeah i don't think i would be able to back it up because it comes with like that nostalgia where it's like yeah i you know listened to this somewhere over the rainbow a bunch of times i dressed up as dorothy like you had all of that as a kid yeah because it, it was interesting watching with Lacey and Sam because both of them feel the same about Princess Bride. It's a very a warm blanket feeling. That's a perfect descriptor. And I, I liked it growing up, but not so much that I had this truly emotional attachment to it. So it was interesting. I could feel myself as an adult watching it now break off some 
from some parts that maybe Lacey still What's all, yeah. held on to. Mm-hmm. I... Rashawn, tell us why you broke off from all of it. <laughs> oh my God. Tell me why you didn't even give it a chance, Rashawn. Don't set me up like that, all three of you. <laughs> I, what? Begin. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's go. My reputation on this show is in shambles already. <laughs> Cue the Mortal yeah. Kombat theme yeah. song. If if people already didn't like me, I, I I don't like this movie. Please don't turn it off, listeners, right now. It just doesn't. It's like it doesn't click with me. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's kind of like what we were saying. It doesn't click. With yeah, me and so I, I do have points later on down the line <laughs> but overall I, I just don't me and the princess bride like aren't going out for drinks you know what i mean like she's like your co-worker that is like nice to you and like you'll talk to her when she's in the break room but like i'm not trying to hang out i want to start work. breaking it down why <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna start with this is too polite it tell is me why polite. because it's the princess bride and i like People I, love it. I feel like white people everywhere love this movie. <laughs> my mentions Tell are me why. Be in shambles, and I don't know. So this movie is a, is a is very self aware. It's a satire. Is it? Because I was about to say it isn't. No, I very. I think it very much is. That's like one of my issues. But keep going. <laughs> oh. Huh. You guys did. You guys did get out. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I I think the the framing device of of having grandpa read the story and and the interjecting commentary gotta go <laughs> i didn't say Nella! that i'm not saying that no we... this is a notebook situation all over again do we no! know do we know is that is is grandpa reading what the book was or in the book is does the grandpa scene happen so in the book the author william goldman basically breaks the fourth wall and is like this is a story that my family used to read to me but it's really long so i'm gonna give you the abridged version so he kind of like talks directly to the reader and breaks it down i definitely didn't get that watching it as a kid and then as i got older and older i was like oh okay i see what it's doing but there's something about commenting on the genre that you're in while also kind of embracing it that never comes together for me. I'm confused. What comment do you think they're making on it? Well, just like they know that, like everything in the beginning when they introduce the the farm boy and Buttercup, it's very much like rushed because you know how this, you know how these stories go. Mm-hmm. She's she's amazing and wonderful, and he's devoted to her, and they fall in love, and it happens, and then he dies, and then she's destroyed, and it's mm-hmm. very much this rushed kind of you know how this part of the story works so let me get to the good part because he's in the bed and he's saying like i don't like these kinds of stories yeah and and so grandpa grandpa's saying like okay i know you don't like those kind of stories but you're gonna love this because it's quote-unquote different so isn't isn't the rushed portion of the beginning couldn't that be seen as grandpa rushing through that part to get to the good stuff yeah but I'm, yeah, I think we're all agreeing. That's I'm just saying that's my that's a that's a commentary on the fairy okay. the fairy okay, tale you're... genre. See, I not... I feel <laughs> you guys are like... ready to attack me. <laughs> yeah. I I agree with that, and I feel like it's rushed. But where I think I disagree is that I didn't totally pick it up as a satire because I feel like there was some parts where they knew that they were in a movie, and then there were some parts where it was played very just 
straight like it's just a fairy tale and it confused me a bit because I wanted it to just I wanted to be in on the joke with him I think that's why I didn't like the grandpa narrating or if he was gonna narrate maybe not seeing it I don't know there was something about the narration that I felt like it was just unnecessary you have seemed to have a very heavy-handed view of satire I think so possibly <laughs> Maybe because I mean, if sets if they're just beating you, it it would turn into Monty Python if you if they did what and you I, think they should do. Yeah, and I think that's what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, thought it was going to be a spoof. Yeah, like I th- I was thinking kind of like um, Robin Hood Men in Tights or mm-hmm. like Funny Thing on the Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, where it's like they're kind of kind of commenting on being in these medieval times. So I. Th- I realized once I was in it that this is not the movie we're watching, but then something would happen like a big rat. And I'm like, wait, is this the movie that we're in? It's a fantastical story. Like it's a fairy tale. It is. I thought for sure, Mela, you would like at least (laughs) sort of buy into this with me. Oh, and that's the thing I I wanted to so bad, but I feel like not enough of that happened. It wasn't until we literally get to the rat scene, which is like, 15 minutes from the end and I'm like where the fuck did this it's like, animatronic rat come from? One, it was an actor in a suit. Two! Ew! That's like 30 minutes into the movie. <laughs> I told you, it's that thing of puts on God! a rat. <laughs> oh. oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh, do you remember, I think it was Josh, when you guys told me that <laughs> Big Bird was a man and I'm having that same fucking feeling right now. I'm not remembering this. You thought even like in the 60s, Big Bert was an animatronic? I don't think I thought about it. Or did you think it was like a marionette? Yeah, as a kid, I didn't think about a person inside there. Yeah, as a kid, you thought it was a fucking bird. (laughs) No, like I don't think I thought, oh, Big Bird is a bird. Like I knew it was a puppet. But when someone told me, oh, there's a man inside them legs? I can't. I need to step away for a moment. Take a glass of water. It was very strange. Mela admitting that she didn't even think Big Bird was a bird as a kid <laughs> proves that she doesn't have an imagination, Why? which is why she couldn't get into a fairy tale movie. <laughs> but I'm not a kid now. Maybe I would have back then. I are totally you saying you have a late-blooming imagination, or are you just... No- I'm confused. <sighs> I'm just saying I couldn't motherfucking get into it now. I've never even thought of it like that, of it trying to be a, a spoof or a satire. I thought it was just kind of new boot goofing. I thought it was just kind of a purpose. Don't. A purpose. <laughs> what the fuck is huh? that? It's new boot it's, goofing. It's goofing. It's just kind of new boot goofing. I think it's a Reno 911 reference. Okay. okay. I didn't know. Shouts out to all my Reno 911 fans. <laughs> I've always seen it as just a fairy tale story just kind of, that's kind of goofy. I have to admit, though, trying to frame it in a in the way of a satire or a spoof does change it a little bit. I mean, Christopher Guest is in it. Mm-hmm. And he's the king of satire. So I mean it's yeah, that's I, an interesting point. I was I never saw it as anything other than a satire. That is so interesting because I never have had that experience. I I guess watching it when I was younger with my family, it was just like this is a fairy tale story and mm-hmm. you you're you either buy into it or you know, you don't. Rashad, um, do you remember about when the first time you saw this movie was? Mm, it's probably like nine or ten. Hmm. Okay. Never mind. That ruins my point. 
if I think if we're taking it as just a fairy tale, then it's even worse for me. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Like that, to me, the the movie feels like a love letter to books and storytelling. Like that's what I get from it because. From top to bottom, that's why I think the grandfather-grandson relationship is so essential because the grandson from the jump is like, I'm not into this. I want to play my video games. And by the end of it, he's fallen in love with storytelling, with adventure, with romance, and he's gotten this time to bond with his grandfather. So it's not even about it being a fairy tale to me. It's it's like a love letter to literature and sharing storytelling with people. Oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I get that. I feel I get, like yeah. if it was... Okay, I don't think I like Miss Butter Buttercup. No, okay, yes, I agree with you. She is the blandest yeah. princess I have ever met in my whole entire life. Girl. <laughs> she sucks. She's like... She sucks. Nothing behind, nothing behind the sucks. eyes. Nothing behind the eyes. Oh, she only got, got... This might be where I disagree. No, I girl, she gets she into sucks. that cave. He has to fight this rat by himself, and she stands by himself. <laughs> Look, like you can't even she throw sucks. a rock, girl. She can pick up a she can pick up a huge branch to defend herself, but not. But him. when he's getting his cartilage ripped out, y'all she, dumbasses kidnapped her and brought her out here, so y'all defend her. It's not her fault she's in the fucking forest. Y'all brought her there. Y'all defend her. You mean the fire swamp lake? Fire swamp lake sand. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing All is. I'm saying he, is Go she ahead, proved though. that she could pick up a twig and use it, but she just chose not to <laughs> when I, Wesley was getting attacked. I actually, I turned to Josh at the end and I was like, I feel like that's the one thing that doesn't work about this movie, especially now, is Buttercup. But I did some reading and some research and <laughs> apparently for 1987, Buttercup being opinionated and having a voice really dictating what she wanted, who she wanted, and when she wanted it all throughout the movie. Like, that was where her character was, quote-unquote, groundbreaking for female characters in fairy tales. I could not agree with you two more about her physically being so annoying. Like I want to say... We love Robin Wright in this household. But that's wait, I was getting I was getting to that. My bad. Please continue. Buttercup always pissed me off. Like even when I was little, I was like, I don't get why he likes her so much. She's not doing anything. She's just talking about how she wants this and wants that and isn't mm-hmm. doing anything about it. And it drove me crazy. And I think that's why, Josh, I got so emotional when we went and saw Wonder Woman and seeing this powerful Robin Wright like swinging swords and shields and like being this physical hero in the movie seeing that growth in women's representation yeah in film was like really moving for me because this is the princess representation that I got growing up I think that in this again goes back to me watching it solely as a satire. I think that there are more ways to show women's power than just putting a sword in their hand. And I think that she has her own thoughts and her, like you said, her own thoughts and her own decisions. And I think the commentary that they make on the role of a princess is best stated in the dream sequence that she has where she's being booed. 
where it's kind of what we're doing now, where we're like, you made the wrong choice. You agreed to marry Pumperdick. Just so... <laughs> What's <laughs> Pumperdick. Pumperdick. No, you were correct. Pumperdink. Pumpernickel is what I was thinking. I'm hungry. <laughs> it's this crowd watching her make these choices that were beyond her control, and they're booing her for it. And then the woman steps up, and she's like, I hate you. Like, you were supposed to make the right choice. Mm-hmm. And I think she has these really terrifying dreams about people judging her for decisions that she had no control over making. Even if she had a sword in her hand, she wouldn't know how to fucking use it. Apparently, <laughs> who cares? Until she's I don't mean that. I mean the twig thing. Breast I mean the a twig thing. She she can swing a sword. Actually, that's why I think it stands out so much in that movie. Is this movie has a lot of action, like physical action. Mm-hmm. A lot of dudes flying around in this movie. And when you stick Buttercup right in the center of it and don't allow her to do anything, when you force her to just stand there as a character. Right. It it stands out. And I think the frustrating part about that is she has that moment of like lashing out and being physical when she pushes Wesley off the cliffs when she thinks that he's the Dread Pirate Roberts. Like she has that moment of like, I'm not going to take this shit anymore and yeah. pushes him off, you know, the side of the hill. And he stumbles down <laughs> an 80 degree hill somehow, <laughs> whatever. So talk this out with me. She, <laughs> she Sucks. is... Forced to marry Humpty Dumpty. Yep. And <laughs> she's kidnapped by Inigo and the homies. And then Man in Black comes, kidnaps her from the kidnappers, and then waits to reveal himself to her. What, like, what's happening? Let's if we're, talk about if we're it. just talking about like a, a fairy tale straightforward, what is everyone's. I get that. Vizzini. Vizzini. I get that Vizzini. DiGiorno. (laughs) I get that Vizzini is working for Humperdinck to murder her to incite a war. So that's Mm -hmm. why they kidnap her. Got it. But then the man in black is after them and takes Buttercup from them to do what exactly? To rescue. He's rescuing her. That whole conversation that happens after he kidnaps her from the kidnappers is a heartbroken person who's like, who thinks that he's been left, but wants to be with her. I think all of that is his coy way of revealing that his heart was also in turn broken when he found out that she, quote unquote, moved on from their true love. It's, it's Swiss cheese for me. I don't know. There are so, there are so many holes. Like, I, how was she like she didn't know that you weren't dead like i don't because we rushed through all that beginning where we're told that they're in love and she's devoted to him and then he's dead i don't get everything in the middle i don't i I really don't understand yeah i think that's the point i think to Lacey's point is that it's a fairy tale for for better for worse a fairy tale is boy meets girl girl forced to go with Bad guy, boy saves girl from bad guy. And but, that's whole, not what, but that's not what happens. But the, yeah, the the missing part of this conversation is the the heartbeat of the story, which is true love conquers all, and mm-hmm. true love overcomes all. And that I think 
is the fantastical element to it is before he leaves he says she she says to him but what if I never see you again what if you never come back and he says we have something that is so rare and so finite nothing can come between it not even death can come between it so he has that faith and he has that belief in their love I don't think there's ever a second that he's not going to reveal who he is to her so why is he throwing her around like that I don't I I'm not he's also been a pirate for five years like give him a break Rashawn I took that as I took that as what he has no, been. I know well, he, he has. I took that as him testing might not be the right word, but him trying to get her to admit that she's still in love with Wesley before he reveals himself. See, I I I didn't get that at all because I, I was like that. okay, obviously I know that Wesley is this white Zorro. We get it. He's climbing up the cliff. That's him. We see the eyes. <laughs> but yeah, like he's tossing her around and stuff. And then you would think as soon as like the group of Vincini and mm-hmm. the giant. So you think like when their back is turned that he'll be like, I'm going to be a little bit more gentle with her because I love her. But he's just like, nah, bitch, sit down. And you're like, wait, <laughs> I'll what? Say, I'm, a, I'm a little in the middle here. The tossing around was confusing to me. The like verbal grilling, I understood because what if what if he's talking to her and she and she reveals that she actually does love pumpernickel bread and always has and their true love? Maybe Wesley then wraps it up and says, "Well, she's in love with him. I'm going to leave her be," and he li- and he walks away. I mean, that so would be bad. I'm sorry, I wasted my time climbing this huge rock. It apparently took in no effort. They freaking zoomed up that thing. The other thing is he's rushing and like panicked and throwing and yes, I don't agree that that is appropriate way to handle somebody. But (laughs) he is running away from Pumperdick. He is running away from Humperdinck. It's true. So he's trying to put distance between me and the captors because if she does say, I still love Wesley, I want to be with Wesley, then they're making their break for it. They're running away from this kingdom and they are striking out on their own. I want to talk about the reveal. (laughs) That was too polite, Michonne. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) So I fully watching this wasn't asleep and Mm, they fall. I swear to God, I have to say that because no, I did not. Says the sleepy person like (laughs) says the one drinking Red Bull. No, because the reveal is like pretty early on. She pushes him off the hill or down the cliff and he says as you as you wish. And then he's she's like, Oh my god, Wesley, it's you. <laughs> I looked at Rashawn like, it's who? <laughs> and he's like, he's revealing like it's I'm like, what are you talking about? That was their phrase. That was the that's, whole. That's Grandpa, their, I love you. You sleepy son of a bitch. Grandpa talked about that for like five minutes at the beginning of the movie. Five minutes at the beginning. And it like, yeah. and like we said. He, he says it like 18 it. times in that first opening <laughs> scene. There were his only lines. I did this not. This is Ghost. This is their ditto. Like, no, yeah, I get it. Yeah. It's, the, oh, I can it's my favorite Pokemon. Like, it, I I totally get the whole thing, but it didn't come. It didn't like work for me. 
It wasn't, wasn't like, I as you it. wish, Buttercup. And then he falls down and it's romantic. And she's like, oh my God, it's Wesley. Yeah. Like, it was just, as you wish. That part, I'll, I'll give you, that part seems a little more satirical or spoofy. The fact that he says it while tumbling instead of saying it. Or even tumbling, landing, and saying it. The fact that he says it while tumbling makes it a little goofy. Yeah. And then she throws herself with him and she's tumbling as well. I don't... <laughs> this is not a straightforward fairy tale. I mean, to me. To me. Exactly. I don't think it is either. <laughs> I'm going to change the subject here. <laughs> Bitch, where? What is not fantastical about that? I'm not saying. I know it's fantastical. Like, I know. Yeah, there's... he said straightforward. You just switch. <laughs> you just move the goalposts to fantastical. I know that there are princesses and castles and witches and bringing back Rats. the dead. Like, I get that. But I'm saying that this is not as straightforward as something like Ever After. Sure. Aww. I'm saying that this is this movie is winking at the audience. But not winking hard enough. It's like a little blink. Yeah, it's subtle. <laughs> it's it's subtle, which I like. But Josh, sorry, Josh, I cut you off. Go ahead. My I'm changing the subject here. My, I guess, main issue with the story. Now the moment you you meet an ego him and Fezzik are kind of like a buddy comedy whatever that's funny but the moment you like are introduced to him and learn who he is and his story the fencing scene with Wesley Mm -hmm. I no longer care about Wesley and Buttercup I want to follow an ego the entire way and he goes the best thing about this movie yeah 100% that is set up there is development and there's payoff everything with Inigo Montoya is just yeah once you see Inigo's motivations and his backstory i i I don't care about wesley but do you think that kind of goes into the grandfather like telling of the story though that maybe those parts are more heavily emphasized because he's he's hyping up the fencing and the Inigo to to attract i mean i completely agree with you that storyline through it is like for me lacy is the heartbeat of the movie exactly like you said rashawn set up course of action payoff like throughout his whole storyline i agree completely Mm -hmm. but that six finger man and and ego that has nothing to do with true love that is a separate story that is so good that it overshadows i disagree completely i think the true love in that story is Inigo's love for his father I mean, yeah, you can yeah. you can like break it down, but that's not what it's that's not what it's about. That is like swashbuckling mm-hmm. pirates or pirates. I need justice in this because he loved his father so much. Yes, that was true love for him. I feel I, like I if get it. Yeah, I guess. This is where <laughs> you can disagree. I'm ready <laughs> to fight. Let's go. I'm that's not. I'm not disagreeing. I, I just. That's I'm how not I disagreeing. Feel. I just don't think that. So Fred Savage wants a story that is not just about princesses, and he doesn't want a boring story. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the exciting part of the story for him, as a little boy, is all the swashbuckling and the fighting and the fencing. I do agree that Inigo has love for his father, but we don't get anything that tests his true quote-unquote true love for his father we just see that he is so committed to this one goal to avenging the memory of his father that for me i don't see that equating to what 
Buttercup and Wesley are going through. I disagree. I know okay. that's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the whole his whole storyline is the test. It's it's the test of am I going to find this person and then am I going to avenge my father? It's not as intricate as what Wesley and Buttercup have to endure. But, I mean, that whole final scene, I I remember watching it for the first time and being like, he's stabbed in the stomach. He's going to die. He's not going to avenge his father. Like, total loss of hope completely. And then he, that whole final scene where he comes back and over and over the famous line, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepared to die. What's masterful about the revenge that he's able to take, I mean, the storyline overall, but little detail that I love is that Inigo gets five wounds from the six-fingered man from the Count. Mm -hmm. He gets the two scars on his cheeks, the stab wound from the dagger, and then the two stab wounds in his arms Mm -hmm. during the fight. Inigo only doles out five strikes to the six-fingered man, and they're the exact same spots like i i don't want to say there's no vindictiveness in it but it's an eye for an eye situation for him but the one thing that he can't get back is his father mm-hmm. so he takes his life he ends it whether or not you like the tone or the overarching story of it all this movie has some insane attention to detail in parts not all the time there are some things that are lacking great attention to detail but also some of the one-liners in this movie hit real good <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much most of the Inigo Wesley back and forth during their duel yeah. mm-hmm. is just, I mean, and that's the whole point. It's it's verbal fencing mixed with regular fencing. Can we talk about the fact that both of these men learned to fence each other, not just with their dominant hands, but with their non-dominant hands, too, in order to film that scene? Like, that is so... Yeah. I think part of the magic of this movie for me, too, is is the mix of practical effects and the actors doing their own stunts. I think that whole sword fighting scene between Inigo and Wesley like steals the first third of the movie. You seem a decent fellow. I hate to kill you. You seem a decent fellow. I hate hate to to die. die. That's fantastic. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's incredible writing. No disagreement. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I Like I said, I'm not, I'm not, poking holes at this being a bad movie or a good movie i just don't like it but why i for me for me if it's if you're going to do which i again wholeheartedly believe that this is not a straightforward story i much prefer going in the direction of something like into the woods or i raise you the masterpiece that is shrek oh god bless Shrek's untouchable. Shrek, that's is, not fair. Granted, Shrek takes a lot from the Princess Bride, but I think Shrek does the winking humor as well as the heart. And I get that it has years and years and years of of research and cribbing from the Princess Bride and like minded things and men in tights and all that. But I think Shrek does what I wish this movie had did, which is lean into it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why I left bummed, like I said in the beginning, is because I thought it was going to not be completely Shrek. I love Shrek, like Josh said. It's untouchable. But I did think it was going to lean into it a little bit more because you do have this grandpa reading this story and then the story is just kind of like, okay, 
Like, if I was Fred, I'm like, Grandpa, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to go to bed <laughs> take my day cold, take a little nappy poo. Because it's just like, all right. I think it fully it fully embraces the, like Josh said, the tone of of what it's doing. Where it's like, we know fairy tales, you know fairy tales. This is a fairy tale, and we're going to we're going to joke about it along the way together. But then it stops at those moments to give you that genuine emotion, like you feel for Fiona and you feel for Shrek in in parts. And I don't think that Buttercup and Wesley are as fully cared for in the story. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I disagree. But... <laughs> okay, Can we talk fine. about Billy Crystal. Dude, I just like Billy so Crystal. Good. It's funny. That's all. Um, and, and Carol Kane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ella. <laughs> Never That's looking all. like Carol Kane. I no. guess uh, some uh, little trivia that I read about that scene is that Rob Reiner had to leave set when they were filming those scenes because he would laugh too hard and ruin takes while Billy Crystal was on, Incredible. on screen <laughs> filming. It feels like that was mainly improv. I was going to say, it just feels like they just put him in makeup and they're like, Go. Whatever. Yeah. Go ahead, Billy. Uh, I think there's a lot that he said that's not in the movie because they had to keep it PG. <laughs> Without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. There's a director's cut. There's an R-rated director's cut that yeah. nothing is different except Miracle Max and Valerie <laughs> yeah. are just going off the rails. I do want to bring up Andre the Giant and his performance in the movie because I think it, he brought something so unique to this kind of brute giant character. Can we get a call back to last week's episode? I love you, man. Who's going to say it? You say it. <laughs> I, I think his performance is exactly what it is supposed to be and what it needs to be for the movie and the relationship between Fezzik and Inigo to work. But it's something that I read that I was really moved by and is kind of a testament to the cast and the crew and the movie itself when Andre the Giant was interviewed and asked what his favorite part about filming The Princess Bride was he said that nobody looks at me he didn't feel other he didn't feel abnormal he felt like every other person on that set um beautiful which I think was really really lovely I was very moved by that I mean, are we? Are we... <laughs> <laughs> why, don't, why don't you just say it, Lacey? Because this bridge is never going to. This no, gap is never going to get. I mean, I'm this not, gap is no. never going to get bridged. No, 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 no. I Play the music. <laughs> I just want to make it. I am not offended that you didn't like the movie. I think, I think the points that you have, while inaccurate, are valid. <laughs> They're and... not inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> Talk that talk. Man. <laughs> do you, do you, I probably already know the answer to this question, but do you find this movie funny? I do. Okay. I, do, <laughs> I, I think, I don't okay. think it's a comedy overall. I think putting it in the same vein of Shrek or Men in Tights or that, I don't think that's what it was meant to be. So it's hard for me to relate to that. This movie tries to and sometimes succeeds sometimes it doesn't hit trying to hit every tone in the fantasy genre at once because the Inigo Montoya you killed my father scene is interspliced with the clergyman scene Mm -hmm. like it's trying to hit every single tone at once and sometimes it lands (sighs) the clergy scene that is that is oh, no. spam oh, no. a lot that's spam a lot that's spam a lot (laughs) that is yeah that's Monty Python that's That's what I mean camp 
sometimes it hits that. No, that's exactly what I mean is sometimes they're doing Monty Python and sometimes they're trying to do Lord of the Rings and sometimes it hits. Sometimes it misses a little bit, that's a little bit talking about. I just, I was all over the place. I didn't get it. You guys, I feel like we're in Adam's family values all over again. <laughs> like just accept that this movie is its own thing. And That's it was trying to fair. do its You're own just saying thing. that because that was your movie. I feel like this is like Chucky's, Chuck, like Bride of Chucky. Honestly. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. Say it, babe. End, what, end this what torture. Can just we say bring the, up? What can say we the, bring up? Say the line, Bart. <laughs> say the line, Bart. You guys want to play a game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch like or a mile. Like guessing game. Come on, boy. Boy, play with me. All right, we are taking it all the way back. I don't think we've done this game in quite a long time, but I want to recast The Princess Bride as if it was happening right now in 2020. So you each were assigned a character. I was also assigned a character to recast for a 2020 version of The Princess Bride. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Let's hear it, Mel. So I got Vicini, who is played originally by Wallace Shawn. So I chose somebody that you might disagree with, but I think is perfect. I chose... Jim Parsons. <gasps> Let me tell you why. So watching this movie, I've seen Wallace and, you know, <laughs> countless things. But he's a very specific actor. That's why he excels so well as Rex the Dinosaur in Toy Story. Because you don't really see his face. You just hear his voice and you love it. You kind of just want to punch him. <laughs> and he's a little annoying. And he is a beanpole, so he can't fight his own fights. But he's going. What he does have is wit. So he will sit there and he will try to outwit you, and he'll try to find this. What is the the, the little drug powder that he? Iocane powder. Iocane powder. He'll try to sniff that out, but he will not succeed. You are literally making me itchy right now. But that's your choice. It's that the powder, was your, girl. <laughs> that was your choice. <laughs> Speak on it, Liz. No, this is the fun and games part, right? This is the part where. <laughs> yeah, I'm having, I'm having fun. Speak I'm having it. fun with this game. It's Speak the fun and games part. I hate that choice. <laughs> do, you, do you hate it and agree with it, or hate it and disagree with it? <sighs> I like kind of see it working, but I just, I don't want it. I don't want that in my head. I don't want to hear it again. So. Would his would he still have the same catchphrase, but he still say inconceivable? Yeah, no. he's got, he's got to. He'll throw this motherfucker would say bazinga. <laughs> wow. I'll go. We're just okay, just, please we're move just on. Destroying on. Lacey's soul. <laughs> so Lacey assigned me an ego because I asked. <laughs> <laughs> he, did. he did. The whole time, the swagger, the one-liners, the comedy, Anigo just screamed Oscar Isaac to me. But that's not my answer. My answer, we hitting him with a gender swap, Anigo Montoya, played by Hannah John Kamen, mm. who played Ghost mm. in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm so into it. I'm so into it. I think she's got the swagger. She's got the toughness. You could, be- you could believe she could take anybody in a fight, including the Dread Pirate Roberts. And I think through her other projects, she's proved she's got the chops to do a few one-liners here and there. I think she would crush it, and I'm right. 
<laughs> I don't. I was not giving your choice, so I don't. I can't fight you. Fine. For Lacey, my choice is Hannah John Kamen, and for Mel and Rashawn, my choice is Oscar Isaac. I'm about it. I'm back on board. <laughs> I really like both of those. Actually, I could see either actor really taking the role and doing something special with it. Rashadi. Mm. So you gave me princess buttercup i sure did <laughs> what was the what was the reason what was the reason um i just i wanted to see what you would do with it Rashawn. that's all change our minds make the three of us who did not like buttercup yeah like i was buttercup. like i ended up being the person that liked buttercup the most in this movie so my first choice was someone who i think has played this role or something similar multiple times so i thought this was too easy of a choice and i went with Elle fanning Ooh, yeah she's played a lot of princesses lately my final choice and the choice that i was gonna solely go with which is my number one would be someone who is also comfortable <laughs> in a period garb and has played a queen of the north and i went with sophie turner oh i like that okay <laughs> like, Angela like, Bassett. Did you just pull out to pull out Michelle Pfeiffer. Or, I thought he was gonna say Charlize, Charlize. as in like, yeah, like bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you can't put Charlize in everything. Yes, the fuck I can. <laughs> I don't hate it. Again, I under Rashawn. I understood your points when you're defending the character of Buttercup and how, and especially what you said, Lacey, in that it was revolutionary at the time for a fairy tale princess to make her own decisions she's obviously a master horseman she's an incredible h- horseman i don't know i don't just horse girl but i think all three of those work because buttercup is a pretty standard character no she's not she's pretty standard she's dude. a rebellious princess is there any other kind no Whack. good ones <gasps> How Lacey. is this one of your favorite movies and you're ragging on Buttercup? Because her name sucks, her name, dude. Yeah, we didn't Buttercup? Even talk about why Buttercup. That is such a cool name. That I was like one of it. my favorite things about All this All right, movie. Professor uh, X. Who, is the, the, who created the Powerpuff Girls? The <laughs> Professor. The Buttercup Professor. is like a horse name. Yeah. No, it's not. I like it. It's a flower. I love it. It's just, it like sounds like name. a candy. She's it sounds like a Reese's. Like, she doesn't even fit Buttercup. Like Elle Fanning. She totally does. She's a does. cute little Buttercup. <laughs> Robin, well, Wright? Robin Wright was 21 at the time. She just looks a lot older. I she looked grown, grown. Yeah, I think Sophie would be the, the best. Sophie would be really good. I'd love to see that. Do you think this was all a hidden ad campaign? from Big Candy because Andre the Giant says peanut and then someone says buttercup and you're like peanut buttercup I want some Reese's mm, Subco- that's sub- where subconsciously my, no. that's where my obsession began <laughs> <laughs> honestly alright for our final recast I gave myself Wesley and I thought about it for a very long time and when I finally had my answer, Josh came in with a better one, and I'm yeah. pissed about it. Josh <laughs> said, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, and Yaya. I was like, fuck, uh, perfect. I think he why? would be Wh- great. Rashawn, fix your face. No. Why? What are you talking about? You- no. I love him. He's not Wesley. 
he is strong. He is cunning. He is romantic. He is snarky. He would be finish, great. Finish your casting, and I want to have a discussion about <laughs> this whole concept. Okay. I'm so sorry. I keep Please kick no, me off the show. It's, it's fine. I'm used to it. Um, <laughs> but I went with my initial gut. Who is Dev Patel? Ooh. Lacey, come on, girl. Yes. Stewie finally agree on something. Hell yes. I like, I like so that answer better. Good. That is so good. I love Dev Patel. And I think he does a masterful job at drama at romance at comedy and i think this kind of like mysterious witty romantic lead would be so fun to see him in and he can grow a stash yeah i can i want to say this i think dev patel is a perfect choice but to rashawn and to everyone in the room i think there comes a point <laughs> in the recast game where it is becomes obvious that one part of the cast is attempting to make it a completely different story with mm-hmm. the same bones as the original, and the other is just trying to do a shot-for-shot shot remake. Guess who's oh. who? What does that have? To, just because you Josh cast a black angry. actor doesn't no. mean it's different. No, not that. All of it. All of your not favorite picks are outside the box, <laughs> different from the original, and your favorites are like, mm, she played a princess, so she could play a princess again. Like, sh- shake it up, Rashawn! I just creamed over Dev Patel. What are you talking about? I can smell the cream from here. It's true. <laughs> They're horny. <laughs> All I'm saying is, if you're going to remake something and recast it, shake the branches. My, see something my point of disagreement came from... Yaya, who I adore, does not have what I think Wesley has, which is like a hint of softness. Mm. And I don't think Yaya that has you that. Know of. I think he does. Plus, here's my problem with Where's Sean. Ki- Sorry. He- what? How can you say that after watching Watchmen? Ex- especially after watching Watchmen. He. Exudes. Yeah, after watching Watchmen, I. Shut up. Quit. <laughs> Armella. No, no. Here's my thing. I think he exudes masculine energy 110% of the time. And I don't say that as a negative, but I just think Wesley and the man in black is very like, you know, lies, cat-like. Keep keep talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I think that someone like Dev, a smaller frame, he's not just like a muscular and this everyone knows how I feel about Henry Cavill he's not a he's not gonna be Wesley you know what I mean like it's someone that is not pulling iron <laughs> four times a day pulling iron everybody <laughs> yeah like I would believe Dev sits in the sunlight and like writes poetry on a yeah. like, scrap but paper. that's but not yeah, Wesley yes, Wesley's a is. pirate only who takes he had to be <laughs> Wesley's a pirate who takes down a giant with his bare fucking hands. They, Hello? The first 15 minutes of this movie, he is bathed in sunlight, tossing his hair. 
That is she not. Has one that of is not. Chloe shirts on. Like okay, Yaya can bathe in sunlight and chop wood. I don't give a fuck. He's a renowned pirate captain who can scale a mountain in less than three minutes and takes down <laughs> who I'm assuming we're recasting is what Dwayne Johnson. He can take him down with his bare hands. But also, this whoa, this whoa, guy whoa. also has time to get a manicure. There is a hint of that with Wesley. Dev, I'm sorry, Dev there got is those baby eyes. Like you know, those lashes are curled and twirled, and he's just like, "Move." Yaya doesn't have that. When's he have time to do that? He's not having time. That's just how he came out the womb. He's just like, "Oh, he's a pirate." <laughs> That guy's not a pirate. Like he's he's pirate in name only, man. Like, he's he even says he's only pirate in name only. Is there an echo in here? What the hell? No. That's not what he says. He's a pirate captain. He spent three years on the ship. Uh, for buddying up to the former Dread Pirate Roberts, and he was so good that the title got passed to him. The Dread Pirate Roberts is just a title for whoever's uh, the captain of the revenge. I'm sorry. There's nothing deadly about Wesley or the Man in Black. I'm so sorry. No. no. What are he, you talking about? There's nothing deadly about him. He has three opponents in his way, and he kills not nay one of them. On, pers- on, per- per- one on of purpose. Them. On purpose. He kills one of them, and the other two he leaves because he has a heart. He 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 purposely exactly. does. That's not a pirate. Pirates don't have he, hearts. He does the worst sound sound engineered bonks on both of their heads. <laughs> exactly. It sounds like, like that it sounds guy. like you're just hitting an empty water bottle on top of a table. <laughs> that guy's not. He could have killed both hard. of them if he wanted. That to. guy's not hard to his core. That's my only point, which is why. Yeah, he's not hard to his core. But he would exude that. Like, you don't know that. You're not. I don't. I. You have. To- Let the actors act, Rashawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. So uh, wrapping up. I'm not. Coming. I'm gonna go watch Black Sails. I'm not coming back. <laughs> Please come back. I love no. you. <laughs> okay. Wrapping things up. We can all agree that Inigo Montoya is the through line of this movie, the best part of this movie, that storyline is chef's kiss. I think we can all agree that half of our recast is really good. (laughs) (laughs) And whether or not this movie hits for you or does not hit for you, it is a classic. It's entirely dependent on taste. Let me talk. God. Let the host host. I was saying something nice. And I couldn't let it go. I'm sorry. (laughs) Whether this movie resonates with you or it does not, I think it can be said that it is one of the great movies that has been made in the last century. (laughs) Yeah. I agree 100%. I don't believe you. That is is 100% free of sarcasm or snark. I, I agree with you. Listeners, he rolled his eyes. You couldn't <laughs> see it. That is Why not, are you being an that ass? Is not, oh my god. We're trying to wrap it up, Josh. And I was trying to be up. nice. God. I hate Josh. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm trying to wrap this up and give it a nice little bow ending, and he won't shut the fuck up. Okay, you guys want to play Six Degrees of Separation. Of Separation. Uh, <laughs> this is a new game, everybody. It's. <laughs> You have to name six German shepherds. How many? How many sheep can you count in your sleep tonight? (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
at the end of every episode, we play a little round of Six Degrees of Separation, where we take one actor from this week's movie and connect them to an actor from next week's movie. So, my friends, can you find a connection between Robin Wright and Vivica A. Fox? I bet I can. Yeah, I bet you can. Oh, I got it. Shit! Damn. What? I got it. No way. Yeah. God Super damn it. So, Robin Wright was in Forrest Gump with Tom Hanks, who was in Splash with Daryl Hannah. Damn. Who was in Kill Bill with Vivica A. Fox. Dang, Mella! That was a good one, Mel. Thank you all for tuning in. That's it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. We would really love it if you took a moment and rated us on iTunes. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or if you want to show us some love, email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Lacey, Mella, Josh, and Rashawn. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. We'll hear you next week. Oh, God. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Happy 20 episodes, guys. Oh, my God. 20 episodes. (laughs) Woo.